Inside of Madame Eva's tent is a complete wreck. The smear of blood on the floor, on which is laying six of Madame Eva's tarot cards. Somebody read those cards before I flip the table. Over which is scrawled a message. Dinner tonight. Don't be late. We are very officially out of time. The old devil is uh, gathering his forces up. What we do have now is people who will fight, though probably more accurately, father who is going to die so that you guys can go in and finish this. So correct me if I'm wrong, you're explaining war. I read a military history book once. Can we get a, a quick rundown of all of our allies and resources? You've got your raven friends. You also have some werewolves. We could have more of an army. We have a bunch of untrained people who are browbeaten. How long does it take for someone to turn into a werewolf? We have a village of people who are willing but unable to help us. It seems like a small price to pay. Everyone makes sacrifices. Have we figured out how to get around to these rooms that you want to get to? Fang, like, turns to Irina. Weren't you the stunt double for his girlfriend? Would you have ever seen the inside of the castle? I could maybe draw, like, a little map. In the tallest tower, there is this green glow. What if we just send the were-ravens to scout the tower? Fang will get up and, and go outside. You see two women, one of them with cat-eye glasses. The woman beside her stands very tall in a long purple dress. One of them, a little snapping motion. Happy birthday, legal name, Eleanor Evelyn Earthwet. What are you talking about? Who are you? My name is Nimue Dakan. I'm the showrunner here. Fang, you stand outside the tower that you and your friends have been using as a hideout in the lands of Barovia, ready to ask for help from the were-ravens you brought to your side in this war. However, instead what you find is two women, completely anomalous from your surroundings, wishing you a happy 18th birthday. With your friends safely inside the tower and completely unaware, one of the women steps forward, Nimue Dekan, who has introduced herself to you as the showrunner. With a smile, she steps forward and says, Honestly, it's a pleasure to meet you. It's been a good long while since I last laid eyes on you. You've, uh, changed considerably. She, um, again, clicks at the the woman beside her, uh, who starts, like, rustling through the armfuls of things that she has, and goes, Now, as you probably know already, you've been informed... Um, you, as you've turned 18, you must re-sign the contract as your old one is null and void. Uh, it, the faster you do this, the faster I can let you get on with your day. What's a showrunner? <laughs> closes her eyes for a second and takes a deep breath in before opening them again goes, I am the one that facilitates everything around here. Every story beat, every new addition to the show, it's been carefully and painstakingly orchestrated by myself. So you're in charge here. She gives a grin and goes, well, in a manner of speaking, yes. Uh, I would like to roll to size these people up okay. uh, in a <laughs> can I fight them kind of way. And Fang is not trying to be subtle about this. Uh, give me uh, insight. 21. The shorter of the women seems to be lacking in those muscle. You don't have a very good understanding of magical ability. Mm -hmm. I know to look for magic stuff, but I don't yeah. know necessarily what it looks like or what it can do. You can't really see anything on the shorter of the two because she's got too much garbage in her hands. But she also does have a lot of garbage in her hands, so is not really the most not prepared to fight. Not worried about her. <laughs> and the, the taller one, you see that she does seem to have, like, a wand slung at her side. <laughs> like twas a gun, but not that's not what Fang would think. But for you to think. Kind of like she's got a little holster for it. It's very cute. So you think that she has a good amount of magical ability. Okay. Uh, Fang's gonna, like, slowly stroll forward, kind of taking her time. She says, so your actual, your name was Nimue? Nimue. Your friend there, what was her name? This is Gabriella. She's my assistant. Okay, uh, didn't ask, but, uh... Oh, you, you did, but... No, didn't ask, uh, your relationship, just wanted her, uh, oh, name. Oh, that's fair. So, 
I didn't sign a contract in the first place to get here. Unless, uh, you made me sign one in my sleep or something. Oh no, that would be unscrupulous. Of course not. Yeah, yeah, that would be unscrupulous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As you found out, your mother signed for you. And now that you've turned 18, we have drawn up the same contract that we drew up for the rest of your companions. Right. Now let's say, hypodermically. Yes, of course. <laughs> I didn't sign that contract. Oh, well then, um, hypodermically... You would leave. Effective immediately, of course. That's not the same contract my friend signed, right? Well, it's independent contract, but the wording is the same. Right, right, right. Effectively, you kill Strahd, you get out of here. Right, 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 right. But you signed them back in, uh, Willow Weep. Yes. Under some bullshit letter you told them I wrote. Yes. Where's my bullshit letter? Would you like a bullshit le- Sorry, sorry. Let me, uh, let me dumb it down so you can understand. <laughs> of course. You've come to me telling me I can either get out of here for free. Yes. Which sounds great, honestly. Give me a head start on yes. everyone else, because, uh, I don't think anyone's gonna be too happy when we get home. Of course. Or I can stay, help my friends <laughs> win, and actually get us all out of here. Yes. Those are your two options, correct. And I'm betting you want me to do the second one. You see her look up. You see calculations, like, around her head. Is that white lady? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like math lady. But less like that. More like she is assured of what she is doing. She goes, it would make for a better story if you stuck around, yes. But we have prepared for the eventuality that you do not. If you were asking for me personally, I would love it if you stayed. How long you been working here, Nimroy? Nimway. I genuinely forgot. <laughs> I've been working here around 15 years now. 15 years, wow. Slogging my way up that ladder. The youngest showrunner in history, mind you. Really? I mean, it doesn't take a lock. Most of them are elves. Yeah. I'm one of the first human showrunners. It's quite an accomplishment. That's pretty cool. So let's say, <laughs> theoretically, your show were to lose one of its top stars going into the grand finale. Would that look good on the youngest showrunner? And when she goes to open her mouth, Fang will like raise a finger and be like, and before you start bullshitting me again, I know how valuable I am to you. From the day I stepped foot in one of your bullshit villages, the first thing someone said to me is that I'm great with the kids. <laughs> I'm winning all the Nickelodeon awards. You kick me out right before we oh. go into the boss fight? This show's gonna fucking suck. And you're gonna be stuck here for another 20 goddamn cycles while you keep pulling people in. Because I know we're the closest out of anyone who's ever come through here. So if you want to keep climbing that ladder, you got to keep me here. Uh, and I think at that point, Fang's maybe like 10 feet from them. She's had her mm -hmm. axe over her shoulder this whole time. And she just like plants it in the ground at her feet and crosses her arm. Says, so start telling me why I should stay. Nimue gives you a very level look before offering a small smile and goes, this is a very tense time, I understand. However, I'm going to lay down, let's say, a scenario for you. People watching at home, seeing a group of heroes that they have grown to love, going through the land and it's their final moments before the big boss battle. The youngest, the one that came here first, the reason that the rest of them are here abandons them at the final hour. Now, that feels, to me, like a delicious story. I think I can spin that just fine. Now, of course, as I said, I would appreciate you sticking around. I think that it would make for better symmetry in the story. However, I think that the reason that I will give you is that I think you're going to sign it. I have watched this show more than anyone else. I know every character in this story, and I think I know you rather well. I think that you are in this for revenge. You're looking to get your pound of flesh, and that is a wonderful story, one which I don't think you are ready to end. So here is my offer. Sign the contract and stay, or do not sign and leave. Well, you're right about one thing. 
I am in this for revenge. But you made a crucial mistake when you showed up here. Cause see, this whole time, it's been pretty obvious he's not the one in charge. And at this point, Fang's gonna pull her axe out of the ground and point it at her. Now I know you are. So you can leave me here. I'll take my pound of flesh from the vampire boy and we can go our separate ways. Or you can let me loose back into my world. And I'm not gonna stop until I've ended you and everyone you love. I will put you down. I'll take down Gabriella, everyone who works for this fucking show until I find you. And then I'll take my pound of flesh. She's gonna take a few steps forward, closing the gap between you, bending over slightly so that she is more towards your eye level, and goes, you may certainly try. You know, you say you know me, but I don't think you do. You forgot one thing. I'm 18. Asshole like you tells me to do something, I'm gonna turn around and do the opposite. You can take your contract and stuff it. Nimway looks to Gabriella and looks back at you and goes, It was a pleasure working with you, Fang, and snaps her fingers. Fang is no longer in Barovia. The rest of you inside the tower, completely unaware, wait for Fang's return from asking the were-ravens for help. In the meantime, Rictavia leans back over the war map and says, So while we wait for that, well, we know where myself and Esmeralda are going to be. We know... She looks towards Ismark, who is still just enraged. We know where Ismark is going to be, which I guess only leaves uh, our old uh, fighter over here. And Irina looks up from where she's been coloring in her, her map and goes, Finished! <laughs> and holds it out proudly to you guys. God, I love Irina. I do too. Hooray! She, she passes over to you and is like, I've done all the walls in pink, all the doors are purple, and all the stairs are blue. There's a lot of stairs. Uh, Th- thank you so much. Stairs are challenging for us, but I... <laughs> yeah. Rictavia leans forward and goes, So I know that uh, our whole plan was uh, keeping a certain someone. And she keeps looking towards Irina, who is looking absolutely everywhere else, just enchanted with the world as it is. Uh, we were keeping someone out of the eye of Strad. However, I'm going to put this out there. She is a very, very good fighter, and I think it could be exceedingly useful if we had good fighters on the battlefield. I mean, Irina, if you're cool with it. If you're not cool with it, then I'm not cool with it, but, like, whatever. Irina looks at you and goes, I mean, I I, I would like to. I, 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 If that would be helpful to everyone, I guess I'd like to do that. But I still don't think it's good for us to go in with you. I feel like you should oh, come in, yeah, like yeah, with with the with the troops kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we we'll 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 be okay because we have Fang to take most of the heat. That'll be that's so we'll be okay. we'll be okay. Good old Fang. Oh my god, <laughs> never would abandon us. Oh my god, such a great friend. Does anyone remember when our birthday is? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't ask about the birthday. Kathy's like, yeah. Fang has been taking a a hot minute outside. I might check on her. And she she goes over to the door and opens it up. And you there there's silence for a couple of seconds, and then you just hear Fang! Fang! Guys! Guys, something's wrong! Guys, where where's my fucking daughter? And you see you hear her like start charging out of the building. Kathy? Uh Kathy, uh, I'm gonna run out the door after her. I will. I summon my bird and say, "Look for, look for Fang." You, you go outside and summon Z-Bird. Z-Bird goes Aah! and goes up and starts circling. You just hear Kathy running around, screaming her daughter's name. As that's happening, Camilla, do you see 
lying on the ground in the middle of the courtyard in front of the tower, a long scroll that's been ripped in two. I'm gonna go over to it. You go over and pick it up, and while you can't really read any of the words that are on it, you can see that it is in a very, very small script that you very vividly recall from having to sign this. Do I see a signature at the bottom? You see no signature at the bottom. I catch up. Sorry, you go outside and you see Camilla standing with two ripped pieces of contract in her hands. Sorry, doesn't really know what to say. She's just kind of standing and she she hasn't picked up on anything. She's just kind of like, so uh, did he find her? I don't think we're going to find her. I mean, sometimes she's kind of sneaky. She How? is very tiny. She is very small. I think this was supposed to be for her. The ripped paper? She usually rips paper everywhere she goes. Oh, she's very good at ripping paper. No, that what's on the paper? I walk over and I hold out my hand for the paper. I hand it over. Uh, sorry, just kind of looks at it. Oh. Oh. And uh, crumples it up and puts it on the floor and just walks away. In the distance, you still hear Kathy shouting for her daughter. I'm gonna pick up the crumpled paper and start walking towards Kathy. It's a distressing sight to see her running back and forwards around the lake. It seems like all of her hunting instincts, all of her survival instincts have just gone in this moment. And when she sees you, you look and see a blind panic in her face as she rushes up to you and goes, I, I, I don't know which way she's gone. She's not left any, any traces Kathy? around. She, she's covered it up. Or Kathy, I think she's okay. And I'm going to hand over the paper. She takes the crumpled paper off of you and unfolds it and spends a couple of seconds looking at it. And I don't think that it looks like she's even aware of the fact that she sits down and stares at where the signature should be. A couple of moments pass, uh, and when she looks up at you, finally, you can see tears just streaming down her face. As she nods and goes, she did it. She. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if she did it for me or her dad or for her. She's, she's, she's out. She's. And she just starts wildly laughing, to the point that her her tears start to become like sobbing, choking laughter. It takes two or three minutes before she regains herself enough to stand up. And she takes your hand in both of hers and looks into your eyes with a joy that you haven't seen since she first found her daughter again. And she goes, Now what's gonna happen is we're gonna go and kill that son of a fuck. And me and my daughter and my husband are gonna have a fucking farm or something. I don't know at this point. We're gonna read books and sit by the fucking fireside and do sweet shit all with the rest of our goddamn days. We're gonna have a normal fucking life. You goddamn believe me on this one. Let's do this. She keeps a hold of your hand as you, you guys walk back to the tower. Sorry, as you are walking back to the, the tower, you run into Poncho, who's also on his way back in, having not found Fang anywhere. Hey, so it's, uh, we're, we're, we're good? We found Fang? We know what she's up to? I think Sari has angry tears in her eyes and just kind of wipes them away. It's like, I guess, yeah, I guess we're good. Fang's not here, so I guess everything's fine. She's not here. Oh, uh, right. Fuck, I don't know. Sorry's just feeling angry, sad. Sorry just kind of looks at you and is like, yeah, yeah, everything, everything's fine. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. Well, I'm, I'm heading back in the towers. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's good, good for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good for her. Good for her. Glad she got out. Totally gl uh, glad she got out. 
didn't even say didn't even say goodbye I always say goodbye to you Poncho cause that's what that's what people do they say goodbye I would say goodbye to you sorry yeah cause you're a good person I hug sorry (laughs) me Ian the human feels bad right now (laughs) for what I've done Sorry, hugs you really hard and and just kind of, you know, like when you want to cry, mm. but like your anxiety is so hard. Yeah, yeah I just yeah. kind of keep hugging you tighter and tighter. I stay there for a while. Um, you get really badly electric shocked. Uh. Um, touching pod show. Oh um, shit! However, wait, really? <laughs> what? I forgot wait, wait, about wait, that. Wait. You, you, I, I, we, we, we try to hug and there's a bam. <laughs> you get electric shocked. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> this is gonna really <laughs> and there's the summary of her entire fucking campaign holy shit I really, I really wanted you to have the moment but I do oh. have to remind you that you do get an electric shock really oh, quick that's so that's good so... Oh, no. could oh. not have gotten better <laughs> no sorry I guess recoils uh, you're, yeah, your muscles make you because you got shot. Yeah, yeah. Kind of go. Oh no, maybe maybe that's what makes the hug last a while because like it's a bit of a shock through you and like your muscles seize right. up. I'm not aware. Oh. Yeah, no. Just think it's a nice long. Like hug. sorry goes like really tense and you're just like yeah, this is a nice. Good really, hug. you can relax. <laughs> I... Pancho, did he forget to put the dryer sheet in with your poncho? I don't know what you mean, but it's okay. <laughs> Can we try again? Can we get can we get a better one? A better hug? Yeah, can we get yeah, a better Yeah, we can try hug? again. <laughs> Going for another hug. Ow! It's a What? It's okay. I guess I don't know what's going on. It's fine. Thank you for the hug, Pacho. I'm gonna go sit down. You make your way back into the tower and again not to undercut the um beauty and uh sadness of this moment, <laughs> but you still do have to dance your way in. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> into this fucking tower. <laughs> Hello there, nerds, and welcome to the middle of a podcast break chat with your host and DM Ismay. I hope that you're enjoying this episode and Holy shit, am I right? Uh, I we, This was just such a wild episode to do, uh, especially leading on from the other one. Um, and we, look, it was, <laughs> it was an insane recording. Uh, there was a, a whole bunch of time where we just kind of had to sit for a while and talk about what went on. Um, But more about that later. For now, I'm going to get into the middle of the podcast break chat stuff. Uh, First off, if you don't know, we are a Crit Chat production. Crit Chat is a D&D advice podcast. You can find it wherever you find podcasts. It's where all of us met, and it's a really good time. We did our episode 100 not too long ago. Uh, That was wild and uh, crazy, and you should definitely listen to that. Uh, That is Crit Chat, wherever you find podcasts. Hopefully you'll find Find it there and you'll love it. Uh, it's very funny, but also informative, and it tells you how to run a great D&D game like this one. Am I right? Anyway, go find Crit Chat wherever you find podcasts. All of our social media is shared with Crit Chat as we are the same little, little family. Uh, and you can find all of our social medias over at Crit Chat. So you can go to Crit Chat on Facebook and on Twitter and on YouTube uh, and find all that good stuff. Uh, for social media stuff, it really helps if you like tag us in things and post about us and just say, hey, please go listen to these folks because otherwise people don't know to listen to us and we would like people to listen to us very much. Thank you. It's a lot of D&D podcasts out there but we think ours is pretty dang good and worthy of consideration uh and we're running really close to the end now so you can get get people in be like they're so close you have to jump in just before it's too late baby either way thank you all so much for sticking with us to this point and i hope that this last little bit is gonna entertain you because we're so close to the end holy dunk you can also find our discord down in the description of wherever you're listening to this if you want to chat with all the other people about what you think is gonna come up if you want to help us out in a money's way you can do so over at our patreon at patreon.com forward slash crit chat you can donate as little as a dollar a month which is not too many money and it really helps us out to make sure that we can keep everything alive on all the various social media platforms 
It also, and I said I'd be coming back to this later, uh, is going to have the uncut uh, reaction of everyone to Fang leaving. Like, <laughs> we as we had to, like, have a moment of just kind of sitting and talking about it because, uh, I mean, well, as you will hear if you go and uh, subscribe at our Patreon at any level for this great background footage, it's wild getting everyone's reactions to it and, like, how it kind of threw us all through a little bit of a loop. Um, so, yeah, at any level you can get that exclusive behind-the-scenes footage at patreon.com forward slash crit chat for as little as a dollar a month. Thank you very much. I'll let you get back to the episode now because there are more things to come. Uh, enjoy! You guys dance the door open uh, and make your way inside, at which point Kathy and Camilla also reach in time so that we don't have to go through it again. <laughs> no, the door shuts. We have to get through the door. We have to dance. They're like, fuck! She's sobbing Diddly still. Diddly dance! It's fine. With a new lease of life over her, Kathy puts her finger on the map and goes, right, we're done, right? We know, are we, do we, is there anything else that we know what to do or can we just get the fuck on with this now? Because like, we can sit and we can talk and we can plan forever or we can go and get this shit done are we are we are we good can we just shuffle on well we have to tell uh, guys we're down a member of our army the, the four of them like kind of look up questioningly and then look to see that fang is not among you Mm-hmm. And you, you see the, the kind of realization dawn on them one by one. The two that have been born and grew up in this world seem to be the very first to, to realize what went on. Well, no, Esmeralda would know as well. So it's just Rictavia that is it's the kind of last to cotton on. And she gives a nod and goes, uh, condolences for you guys. Oh, boy. That is probably going to affect your plans more than it affects ours. That's okay. It's not the first time she's left us, so we'll be fine. <laughs> I'm sorry, oh. okay? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. I think the best part about this whole thing is that Ian is still here. Yeah, right? <laughs> and feels genuinely bad. <laughs> it's like a funeral, but we're roasting you in front of your body. Like... <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not dead. I'm in a coma, and it's one yeah. of those comas where you can hear everything. Rectavia yep. <laughs> goes, okay, not to beat the most dead horse that has ever existed and then not existed in the world. Where are the fucking were-ravens going? God damn it. Fuck. I go outside to go and ask. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Fang, for leaving us with this decision. There are two women out there with a <laughs> the shit? There's not. Uh, <laughs> no. Yeah, you, you go outside. Were-ravens. I produce some seeds and throw them on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking were-ravens. <laughs> a couple of, of ravens come down and start pecking at the seeds. Uh, not, not, like, all of them are just eating seeds. And you're like, God fucking damn it. And then one of them changed and they're like, sorry. Oh, God, the allure of seeds is too much. Uh, hey, yeah, anything I can do for you? So, sorry about that. Um, I, uh, yeah. It's cool. They're delicious. Delicious <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. There's a tower. I described the tower with the the, the gems in it. I think. Yeah. yeah. We we're we're trying to make our plans about what to do with, with it in the coming stuff. I realized I'm outside of the tower. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, would you mind? Could you have a look around? She salutes and goes, "You got it, boss!" And immediately ravens up and starts flying up. And you hear her calling as she goes. You you assume that you are getting getting a look at some point soon. Cool. I get back inside. Dance, dance, I, you dance. I hope uh, you go inside. To God that Strahd hasn't figured out our were ravens one weakness, which is just throwing seeds. Because that was <laughs> such a course in our plan. Delicious seeds. <laughs> oh my god, it's like the sex book. Oh <laughs> no. Pluck the seed. Oh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Pancho, as you go back inside, you see Camilla setting up for a little small tea ceremony to have a last pray. Are, are you just doing it for you or are you inviting others? into the I don't think I think to ask the others but I wouldn't be opposed to them joining you know I, I don't know if it's something that they would want to do as a comfort but yeah. if they see me doing it and they join in I'm not going to turn them away definitely like if Irina sees you getting the the tea out then she'll she'll definitely gotta, like scoot over to you mm. a little bit because she wants to have a little tea party that's <laughs> what Irina wants to do right now I've definitely been boiling water for 
I, I don't know if be, the teapot can hold enough for everybody at this point, but I'm definitely boiling yeah. like a full teapot, you know. I'd probably see in danger. I'm, I'm probably going to like <laughs> go upstairs and study my cantrips. I remember that joke. Y'all remember that joke? Good mm-hmm. stuff. I'm going to go read my read my arcane tome. You, you go and read your things like everyone, ed- anyone who would like to partake in tea is mm-hmm. probably able to. The rest of it is just kind of inspired, I guess, by the, the atmosphere of the tea being brewed and like the, the full ceremony of it. It's strangely calm inside and you guys get a good, if you would like to mark down a short rest, if there's anything you get on short rests, then uh, you can get that as everything is calm for a moment. It's about maybe an hour later when you you hear a cacophony of cawing from outside. Uh, I will go out. Ponch is dancing a lot today. You go outside and you see um, the same girls before, like giving you a little salute. And she goes, we were able to go up to the top of the tower as instructed. Inside, there seemed to be a glowy thing. It was at the very, very top and it seemed to be clinging to the ceiling. It had a lot of like gold and brass around it and like this weird little like I don't know a thing that kept it inside you know like it was some gilded stuff I guess a cage uh, not really a cage I don't think <laughs> but it was like held in and it has like these two little two little ones that are kind of on either side of it so there's a lot of glowy stuff it's hard to see there's like these big like irony grates on the windows irony gate what is it is it like guarded by alanis morissette who's her definition's wrong you're not here sorry (laughs) just from inside like hey does anyone remember that song (laughs) isn't it ironic that it wasn't ironic am i right high fives I'm Canadian, so you have to memorize that tight five about uh, Alanis Morissette's ironic before you can actually become a citizen when Uh, you turn 18. Yeah, that's you put your hand on the cassette tape and then you have your other hand up and you swear. (laughs) Isn't it weird how nothing she says is actually ironic? Sorry, really, really quickly. You have one hand on the Bible and you have one hand in your pocket. That's that's my Alanis Morissette. Damn it. And that's a wrap on Ismay Hutton, everyone. <laughs> Bye, guys. It was nice being with that you. That was beautiful. Ismay, I have to surrender my Canadian passport to you now. That's the rule. Yes. <laughs> oh, boy. Anyway. Uh... Damn. I'm mad at how good that was. <laughs> Thank you. Sometimes I'm funny, and it surprises everyone. (laughs) And, like, there was something at the back of my head when you said hand on something, and Alanis Morris said at the back of my head, I was like, there's something there, but I don't know it that well. I don't know it well enough. I'll get there. Untapped Canadian energy (laughs) was just, like, welling. Uh, But, yeah, so, yeah, it was a bit hard to see that there was iron, not irony, it's fine. There was, like, iron grates, like, over the windows, so it's kind of hard to to see. Hmm, that's a pain. Okay. Anything else, Mr. Poncho, sir? That, 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 that's all. Thumbs up. Okay. I will go back to guard duty. Cool. Would you like some seeds? I don't know if you have eaten recently. <laughs> you, see, you see her shaking slightly. She goes, if you have any despair, I would not say no to seeds. <laughs> okay. I, th- I just throw seeds She's the f- like out of the door. Full, full human form just like starts eating little seeds off the grass like, delicious seeds i would i don't <laughs> okay look, i don't think that there's gonna be a time where you find this out but i have just decided that none of the other were ravens are like this it's just this one bitch who <laughs> 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 just loves seeds so i have gonna that's great i'm gonna i will i will offer seeds <laughs> i will offer seeds to another were raven at some point <laughs> like, and it won't go right. well <laughs> sure i'm not a fucking bird <laughs> <laughs> we'll see to it. She's never hung- hungry. Uh, I'm sorry. You are. Keep going. I didn't. I, you are. Uh, Pacha, you, you go back into the building. Isn't it ironic? Don't you think? <laughs> but yeah. So the, yeah, we scattered the thing. It was pretty much. I, I assume that like she didn't see anyone in. She did not say that she did. I don't think that the. It seems like there's no one in that tower room with the crystals. Um, but uh, yeah, the windows are barred with iron. So if we were going, if someone was trying to go in over the top, it would need a way through. Well, they also yeah. didn't get stopped flying up to the tower. 
that's mm. kind of a good sign. Yeah, I don't know what we what the plan is for that now, though. I, I don't I don't really know what what the deal with dinner is going to be, you know, because we have to get around the castle. So do we do we think we're going to have dinner and then we're going to like have a sleepover? You'd have to convince him to let us sleep over. I'll bring my onesie. <laughs> that, that'll con- that'll convince him. That'll be good. If he's a fancy ass vampire, I'd assume that he'd have like different course meals between things so people could like kind of walk around yes you're the first course and poncho's the second (laughs) (laughs) ian comes back as strahd Uh, can i (laughs) can strahd also be the count now no no (laughs) hugh jackman as the count everyone ian as hugh jackman as the count as Oh my god! <laughs> That's so that that would be I I would have loved if that was the whole bit like the whole time was that it was the count. <laughs> oh god. god! So what if we did this all over again, but all the NPCs are Muppets? That uh, like <laughs> we have to roll for man or Muppet every time we meet somebody. <gasps> oh, That's such Muppet. a good oh my god. fucking mechanic. What what plan now? That that's apparently what Rick Davis said. What is plan? <laughs> well, okay, so I guess where ravens are uh, with us on the battlefield. Unless I think we so. can give them like little tiny crowbars. <laughs> that's not my voice. What? Yeah. Tiny crowbars. <laughs> crowbar? Like raven bars, well, am I right? Boy, I am going to be so sad when you go. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, the only other so I wanna say with the with the crystals, do we have so there's a there's a magic crystal that takes damage instead of Strahd, right? As we've been told, yes. Do we have any plan of how to deal with that? Can we? Do we have any idea how those things could be destroyed? <laughs> they look at each other and give various degrees of shrug, like, not to uh, put too much of a point on it, but uh, you are the uh, only ones in this room that have actually encountered these things. How have you um, found mm. them before? Is there any chance I can make a check to, like, think about how, what, like, those magic things and um, how they yeah give a give a arcana okay Ooh. 16 plus 9 i think 25 <laughs> jesus christ plus 9 i feel like things like this had been tested at the university that you were at their absorption magic to take on hurt and damage um, and because of that they work similar to actual human people so it is essentially hit it enough and it I will see. it will go away. I need to create yeah, I think we just have to hit it enough and then it will go away. I feel like I need to create some kind of magic pickaxe. Kathy looks and goes, I can smash rocks. Look, look, it's a it's a rock, I'll smash it. Get a rock, That's smash. True. Smash the rock. That's a good point. Smash Done. Rock is a great Smash Mouth cover band, by the way, in this place. <laughs> Ka- Kathy <laughs> Kathy will smash rock. <laughs> uh, I guess Esmeralda will stand up and be like, Alright, well, not to hurry off or anything, but I don't know if we've got much else to mm. be getting on with here. I don't think we're going to get any more out of sitting and talking about it at this point. I am. Especially I am, from me. <laughs> I am fine. Ready now. Yeah. Hitting hitting the button when it says, this is the final mission. Are you ready to proceed? Make sure that you have finished all side quests and you have pressed. I am ready to go. Physically ready. Physically ready to go. Mentally, not even close. Mentally but never. we won't go there. Can I hit save? And like, if mm-hmm. we fail, can we go back to the save point? <laughs> can we just save scum this game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can I poke them on can the I game? Like, I just want to keep hitting F5. Just make as many <laughs> quick saves yeah. as possible. The pro- this is the problem that I always get when I do that big save. It's after Fang has left and you're like, oh, if I only did my big save there. Mm. So that maybe maybe if I made different decisions mm. that I could have made that not. Damn it, I should have. But I'd be uh, going back eight hours if I <laughs> Right? <laughs> yeah, you guys, I'll quietly go outside. The four people that were inside come out with you. The atmosphere very somber. As she crosses the threshold, you see the scruffy, silver-haired Rictavia disappear, transformed again into the red-headed version of Esmeralda with a soft sigh. As you you stand around, she approaches you and says, Okay, I would be um, remiss not to mention that this is, you know, very likely the last time that we will all see each other. Most likely, because we will fail and all die. Or, in the happier and less likely outcome, you succeed and kill, uh, and she looks around, the, uh, the vampire, and our contracts will be fulfilled, and we all go to wherever it is that we call home. And she pauses with her face impassive and a little grim, and says, 
And while, obviously, I have no personal interest in seeing any of you again, if you do succeed, and, uh, you know, I live to see the outside, I would be honored to visit you all to offer you my deepest thanks. And she gives a slight bow to you and makes to move away, turning her back slightly before turning back around and goes, oh, but um, look, if I am to come visit, can you like, before then, like, I don't know, get some like full-size chairs or something because I am exceedingly old. I cannot, like sitting down in the small chairs, it is going to cripple me. So if you could get some like full-size chairs, that would be- I mean, I have really big beanie bag chairs at my at my place that you can- Oh my Lord. When you get to be my age, you look at the beanie bag chair and you go, that will kill me. I will die in that. I have faced monsters the likes of which you have never seen. I, a beanie bag chair will kill me. But wouldn't it have been a fun ride? I I mean, Alec, I can understand. <laughs> the descent into a beanbag chair is great. The ascension is not. is not great. So my idea is I'll just roll you out of my house and it'll be fine. <laughs> oh. we'll, just, we'll just attach you to a bungee cord and then just... <laughs> <laughs> like one of those sticky hands, I'll just like throw them on your forehead and then I'll just like reel you in. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's, that would be a great magic item. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> so the likelihood of me visiting has gone down significantly <laughs> and walks back. Esmeralda is the next to come up to you and goes, I mean, I'm less of a bitch about it, so I'm 100% going to come and visit you. I would also prefer a big chair, but like I'm young and vivacious and beautiful, so like I could sit in the wee ones though. But it was really great to meet you guys and all the best of luck. You know what? I'll, I'll give you my full-size chair. <laughs> like, just from behind her. Rotavia's arms shoot off. She's like, come on! <laughs> Esmeralda, like, pumps her fist a little bit and goes, you will not regret this. And takes a step back. Ismark, you see he's a bit wary stepping forward as he doesn't really know how to feel in this moment. It's kind of cutting. In that the way that comes over him, he seems very much like future Burgomaster. He steps forward and one hand on his heart and bows to you, very formal and somewhat detached before he rises back up and goes, I want to thank you for keeping my sister safe and taking on a fight that is not your own. Well, that you've, you know, had to make your own out of necessity, but you know, I... Thank you. And for what it is worth, I have faith that you will... And you see him kind of trying to say the word and it seems very foreign to him, but eventually is able to go, I think you will succeed. Succeed, yes. And he takes a step back. The last, obviously, coming up is Irina. And it's already clear that she's, as soon as you guys leave, she's bursting into tears. The, there's a film over her eyes. She scuffs her feet against the ground and has a hard time looking up at you and goes, I mean, I wish that, I wish I could be like, you know, Esmeralda and Rictavia and come and visit you guys. But I mean, that I can't really do that. So I guess this is it, it for us. Um... I've never had friends before. I just love you guys a lot, and I'm gonna miss you very, very much. But I hope you have fun when you go back home. And maybe if you get a way to watch, maybe you can watch the show and you can see me at least. I'd like to know that you guys are out there watching. If I can find a way to send fan mail, I will. There's a P.O. box. I mean... I'll always have your last name as one of my middle names. <laughs> Kolyanovich. Just remember, nothing lasts forever. And the show doesn't necessarily go on. Oh. Irina sinks down to her knees and opens her arms to get you all in a hug. Because she wants one last hug with everybody. <laughs> I stand awkwardly to the side. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm like hovering around everyone, and there's like little like contact um, sparks, like Tiny like little spark. Uh, do the other two two of you let Irina give hugs? Oh, absolutely! Hell yeah! 
Although it's awkward because I haven't hugged Camilla in a while. So this is fun. Mm -hmm. I think I go in for the hug and then realize about halfway that I don't really want to be hugging you right now. But it's too late because my instinct is to hug you. I feel like we're both in the same pot. Yeah. He gathers you two in for a close hug as Poncho kind of hovers around the outside, not hugging for safety's sake. It lasts a good little while, and when you come away, you see that she's already shed a couple tears, which she tries to wipe away as she stands up and goes, Well, good luck to you guys. We're gonna make you proud out here, okay? Okay. You already have. She gives a little smile and turns away and starts heading back into the tower where everyone else has started going. They all wait around the doorway to watch as you guys leave. Sorry, are you back at the back of the wheel? Oh, hell yeah. Hell yeah. Most of you pile into the back as Sari climbers up to the driver's seat and you can look through the little window and watch as the tower and your friends disappear into the distance. You take the road back through Barovia that you've traveled before. The journey feels long and unending as the day passes. You pass by the road to Baba Lasaga's ruined hut and skirt the edges of the town of now flavelled tacky, trying to ignore the smell of smoke and rot that comes from inside. Each side of you, after that, the woods heave and growl with an energy and a life that comforts no one. Eventually, quietly, you pass through the large gate that lies open to reveal the land beyond. The village of Barovia, in the distance and inexorably in front of you, up its winding path lies Castle Ravenloft. As you take this long, winding road, you see, to either side as you go up, an army. There are camps littered over the mountainside, seething with energy. Eyes stare at you as you pass, some with malice, others with a grin. But none of them challenge you on your way up. I was gonna say, you invited us to dinner, you better not be fighting us just yet. <laughs> and then you, they attack and you die. <laughs> Bye! Good campaign! Bye. As you come to the awesome, startling presence of the Castle Ravenloft Towers, you bring your carriage up to a stop before the twin turrets of stone, broken from years of exposure. Beyond these guard towers is the precipice of a 50-foot-wide, fog-filled chasm that disappears into unknown depths. A lowered drawbridge of old, shored-up wooden beams stretches across the chasm, between you and the archway to the courtyard. The chains of the drawbridge creak in the wind, their rust-eaten iron straining under the weight. From atop the high walls, stone gargoyles stare down at you out of their hollow eye sockets and grin hideously. A rotting wooden portcullis, green with growth, hangs above the entry tunnel. Beyond this location, the main doors of Ravenloft stand open, a rich, warm light spilling from within. Torches flutter sadly on the sconces on both sides of the open doors as you make your way into the courtyard to meet the end. Hi, the end. I'm Ponche. <laughs> <laughs> I should have said dad. I should have said dad. Here, do it again. Do it again. Take two. Yeah, yeah. Ponche, <laughs> go. Take two. Hi, the end. I'm dad. Hey! <laughs> that was such a good first take. Amazing. <laughs> if you have a bad first take and you do the second take, does that make your first take a mistake? Yes. 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 Sorry. Go ahead. Go, I, think move that on. That's, I think that that's actually the, where the word is, right? That's what the word is from. <laughs> really? Just to describe the etymology of the word. Okay. Keep going with your little game. I'm going <laughs> to do some etymological research Keep going right now. Like, with your little game. I'm pretty sure that that's where the word comes from. <laughs> <laughs> you all roll into the courtyard where thick, cold fog swirls. Sporadic flashes of lightning lance around the weeping clouds overhead as thunder shakes the ground. Through the drizzle, you see torch flames fluttering on either side of the keep's open main doors. Warm light spilling out, and high above the entrance is a round window with shards of broken glass lodged in its iron frame. I think we just headed. It's fucking yeah, ready. The door rises in front of you, large and ominous, even though it stands wide open with warm light inside. The first room that you go into, as it shows on Irina's little map with a love heart next to it, saying, Little entrance is a little welcoming chamber. It already at this point looks ornate, but also somewhat old and cobwebbed, like it's not been upkept to the highest of standards. 
the double doors at the end have a slight crack in them that you push away in order to enter the big main room in the center. In this entry, cobwebs stretch between the columns that support the vaulted ceiling of a great dusty hall, dimly lit by sputtering torches and iron sconces. The torches cast odd shadows across the faces of eight stone gargoyles squatting motionlessly on the rim of the domed ceiling. Cracked and fading ceiling frescoes are covered in decay. Double doors of bronze stand closed to the east, and to the north a wide staircase climbs into darkness. A lit hallway to the south contains another set of bronze doors, through which you hear sad and majestic piano tones. As you stand somewhat in awe of this beautiful room, an elf with brown skin and long black hair descends the wide staircase as quiet as a cat. He wears a grey cloak over black studded leather armour and has a polished scimitar hanging from his belt. As he reaches the bottom of the stairs, he gives a deep bow, his hair falling over his shoulders, uh, and as he straightens back up, he goes, My master has been expecting you. Follow me. Walk this way. this way, sir. (laughs) He goes to the small hall to the south of the castle, looking behind him to to see if you are indeed following. I'm following. Yeah. Yeah. The elven man leads you through the hall, stopping at the door through which music spills into the castle. The doors are opened for you by him, revealing the grand dining room. Three enormous crystal chandeliers brilliantly illuminate this magnificent chamber. Pillars of stone stand against dull white marble walls supporting the ceiling. In the center of the room, a long, heavy table is covered with a fine white satin cloth. The table is laden with many delectable foods. It says delectable. Roasted beast basted with a savory sauce. The person writing this just got hungry, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That's fun. Places are set for each of you with fine, delicate china and silver. At each place is a crystal goblet filled with an amber liquid with a delicate, tantalizing fragrance. Around the table, the chairs are arranged, and the one at the far end is far grander and more ornate than the rest. To its left sits a familiar figure, already noisily eating from her plate. It's the figure of Baba Lasaga, who looks up as you enter with a grin. And at the far end of the hall, his back to you, sits Strahd, lost in music as he plays at a grand piano, beautifully carved and flawlessly played. After a moment, he stops, pausing before slowly turning to face you, standing in one fluid motion before he smiles, beautiful and perfect, as he says, My dear friends, thank you so very much for accepting my invitation. 